Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good Kingdom morning to you, siblings. Today, we are going to learn about some neat things, and you are going to feel so smart. Before that, though, if you would like to read my statement of faith, be sure to visit this fo- this post on SeekingScripture.com. Just go to SeekingScripture.com and type in Genesis 8-11 to come up with this post because I have a link here for that for you. Today's readings are Genesis 8-11. through 11. Rabbit Trails Let us start our day with shalom in the word. But what is shalom? Isn't that Jewish? I'm glad you asked. Shalom is a Hebrew word. Jewish is a people. Hebrew is a language. Now, the Jewish people are our brethren who are under many wonderful covenants with the Father, which we will learn about as we read this year. We will learn about the covenants that include us as well, beginning today. The books we're reading now were originally written in Hebrew, and from time to time, you might see a Hebrew word thrown around in the group. You see, Hebrew is a far more nuanced and intricate language than many of the languages it has been translated to, and as a result, sometimes in our reading, we might find that the Hebrew counterpart to an English word just tends to go deeper for us. Shalom is the perfect example of this. Now, most folks know that shalom means peace but it is actually more than that. Shalom is a wholeness of peace that can only come from the Father. This is the peace I wish each of us to have and that I pray multiplies as we continue in His Word. I'm trying to condense my rabbit trails or keep them to just a few points rather than covering everything for the sake of brevity and because most folks can't read Christie's Ramblings all day. Just know that some days I will be better at it than others, but today I'm about middle of the road. The question we are going to answer today, how long was the earth covered in water and how long were Noah and his family in the ark? For most of us, our immediate response would be 40 days and 40 nights. That's just part of the story that we have inherited. But just as we may have once believed only two of each animal went onto the ark, yesterday's readings dispelled that myth, this is a great example of us needing first-hand knowledge of the Bible. It is important to note that inherited religion is not a substitute for a direct relationship with the Lord or with His Word. And when we see these gaps in our faith, which is what we believe to be true versus what the Bible actually says— It should cause us to sit up straighter, awaken from our spiritual apathy, and take on the responsibility we have to do our own homework. So let us look at what the Bible says today. Uh, First of all, has it ever occurred to you that you are a descendant of Noah? Just keep in mind while reading this that you are, in fact, reading your family history in more ways than one. So let's see how long our grandpappy was stuck inside that boat. In Genesis 7-7, we see Noah and his family going into the ark. And from Genesis 7-10, we know that they went in seven days before the flooding began. In Genesis 8-11, we're told that in the second month, on the 17th day, 
the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the heavens opened. Note that it wasn't just rain that caused this great flood, but the bursting forth of water sources within the depths of the earth as well. Genesis 8.4 tells us that the ark came to rest on top of a range of mountains known as Ararat. This refers to an entire range, not just a single mountain. On the 17th day of the seventh month, this is five months after it began. Now, the waters at this point were still covering most of the land because in Genesis 8.5, it says that on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains were seen. We are now at eight months after the flood began. Genesis 8.13 says that on the first day of the first month, the waters were dried from the earth and Noah removed the cover from the ark. Now, since we began this journey on the 10th day of the second month, we're almost at one full year. Genesis 8.14, we have touched down on the 27th day of the second month, a year and 20 days after Noah and his family entered the ark. Yahweh gave them orders to exit the ark and return to land. Recap. Noah and his family enter the ark, second month, tenth day. Noah and his family exit the ark, second month, twenty-seventh day of the following year. In summary, while popular belief is 40 days and 40 nights, the truth is that Noah and his family were in the ark a little over a year, and the waters covered the earth a little less than that. Here's some neat things to look for in our reading today. Who shut the door of the ark? Check out Genesis 7.16. How long did rain fall upon the earth? Check out Genesis 7.12. How long did the water prevail over the earth before it began to recede? Genesis 7.24. How much longer after that did it take for the waters to fully recede? Genesis 8.3. Now, Noah is considered to be righteous, and yet in Genesis 9, we see him getting drunk and passing out unclothed. How can this be righteous behavior? You'll notice many times in the Bible that we see Yahweh's chosen people behaving in ways that are not godly, and yet they are still counted as his chosen ones. It is important to note that the patriarchs of our faith are not whitewashed in biblical text. They are shown as fallible, sinning people who fall short. In showing the reality of their character, we see that man is never made righteous by our own efforts, but through relationship with Yahweh, grace in action. Righteousness cannot be achieved apart from Him. However, this has never been licensed to live according to our wisdom rather than the Father's. Note, the months of the Hebrew lunar calendar do not line up with our Gregorian calendar. The length and time of a year and month are roughly the same, but their months and beginning of years are different. January 1st is not the new year on the Hebrew calendar. This is not significant to this story, but just something I wanted to point out. We'll learn more about that as we continue on. The Covenant of the Rainbow, Genesis 9. This covenant is unilateral and for all living creatures. Now, unilateral means that it requires nothing on our part in exchange for Yahweh's promise and action on His part. 
Moving on. Can you imagine the fear folks must have naturally felt so close to when the flood happened every time it came a downpour? Add to that the comfort of seeing a rainbow at the end of that rain. Talk about a sigh of relief. Regardless of the time that has passed, do not take seeing a rainbow lightly. Yahweh's covenant still stands. He is a covenant keeper. We will be learning a great deal about covenants and which ones we are part of as we go through Yahweh's word. About the Tower of Babel, Genesis eleven four. Now, Yahweh had commanded people to disperse and populate the earth. But here, we have people working together to accomplish their own will instead. They desire to reach the heavens and elevate themselves to the level of Yahweh, and this demonstrates their haughty disobedience. Rut-row, I feel a preaching coming on. Feel free to exit the boat and get to your reading, or buckle up and hang on. It shocks me, so close to the flood event, that man was so quick to turn away from Yahweh and attempt to assert their own will and dominance. But we are far more guilty of this today. We turn from his ways, even believing when our world tells us that Yahweh's very words, spoken in his own voice, are obsolete. And aside from the world, a vast part of the church today says that portions of Yahweh's word are not even relevant. We rely on our own wisdom instead of seeking his and sometimes go so far as to declare our own wisdom to be representative of His, even though it stands in direct contradiction to His Word. But the fact of the matter is, you can't recognize a counterfeit if you don't know the original. So many of these problems would be solved if we just knew the Word of Yahweh firsthand. He gave it to us so that we can read it, know it, know Him, and walk in His ways, which are sometimes beyond our understanding, but always superior to our own. And that is why it is so exciting to stand on this ground with you, to be here, searching His Word, reading it with fresh eyes and minds, and searching for the truth told to us in His voice. So, have you felt defeated lately? Have you felt tired, worn out, beaten down, dried up, and just weary of this world? Hang on to your hats, because the waters of life are about to burst forth in your life. Stay in the Word. Keep showing up each day. He is welcoming each of us home with open arms. Class has begun. We have the greatest teacher of all eternity, and we all get to be the teacher's pet. Test everything, hold tight to what is good, and He is the only source of good. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.